Hi, and welcome back to Old School. Today we're going to be in the physical, mental, emotional, and I, I probably say spiritual too, because how our money goes really generates our feelings in every area of our life. Our teacher today is Daniel Romberg. He's the author of No Stone Left Unturned. <laughs> Daniel is an American serial entrepreneur, author, and keynote speaker. He is best known for his best-selling books, No Stone Left Unturned, Retirement Simplified, want to know about that, and Pay Off Your Mortgage. Daniel is the founder of the Ronberg Companies, under which he spends publishing and advisors to authors. He is regarded for his clear-cut style of writing, storytelling, that focuses straight on the core concepts of financial strategies on tax reduction and retirement security. He was listed in Yahoo's Yahoo Finance's Top 10 Entrepreneurs of 2021 in February of 2021. Daniel has been featured in several media outlets, including Forbes, CNBC, and New York Times. He has also appeared on multiple radio shows, YouTube channels, and podcasts. Welcome, Daniel. <laughs> Thank you. That is, that is quite the introduction. Thank you. Well, it could go on. You sent me quite a list, and you're quite an um, accomplished young man. Uh, you and I have known each other for several years. You yes. used to work very closely with my boss, who has passed, but Mark was a character, and uh, he brought Amazing. that out in both of us, I think. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I and I've known you. You've come in and out, and you've done stuff a lot with Mark and um, and now with Mike. But for me, when I saw a post you made, I think it was a reel. It might have just been a post where you were talking about helping a woman who has is widowed now and and what to do um, because a lot of times, especially like women, they're a little more mature, <laughs> have have stayed out of that they've let their husband like handle everything. And so they end up not knowing anything. They don't know what's going on. Well, I've been in accounting most of my life. So I kind of handled that, but I am now divorced. And my ex-husband was a little controlling about money and we did not have retirement stuff set up. I don't have anything. Um, well, not anything anymore, but um, so a lot of what I would like in old school, we I cover how to get and maintain physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health, and how our provision goes, um, you know, our housing, our job, our, you know, all of those things, you know, create um, turmoil or chaos in all those other areas of life. So I really want to kind of talk to you about what somebody who's just like me um, can do. But first, I'd like your little bit of your story, the background of how you got here and how I got you here. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And then we can start talking about that. Okay. I'd be honored to do that. So first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm a huge fan of what you're doing. I love your story and what you're creating out of everything you've built and how you're help helping to share with your story with people to impact their lives, I think is absolutely incredible. And just watching you transform and step out of what I knew you as in a professional role to now as more of an entrepreneurial role has been really incredible to be a part of. So I'm grateful to you and I'm grateful to Mark. I have to mention Mark because he really brought us together and uh, I miss him every day. He's like a like a, a, a an incredible mentor to me that I, I treasure the time I had with him. So I'm grateful that he introduced me to so many amazing people to uh, be able to continue on his legacy of, you know, relationships. That's what he was all about. So he was. Um, thank really you. Yeah, I yeah. agree. So my story is uh, pretty simple. I, I went to college uh, to get a degree in finance and halfway through got hired by JP Morgan. I left the bank to join the family business, which is where we went from 
you know, starting my career in investments to specifically focusing on helping people with retirement. And at a certain point in the family business, I had stepped away. I started a couple of companies. Uh, we uh, really focused on helping financial advisors to uh, author their first book. And so I did that for a little while. And then ultimately what changed uh, my story tremendously was a good friend of mine gave me a book called The One Thing. And I read The One Thing and it made me realize that like I make the biggest impact helping people with retirement. That's where I need to be. So I called up my family. We re reconvened in the family business. And uh, so for the last 10 years, I've been you know working in the family business with that little time away. Um, but that's really my my mission is to help people realize their purpose in retirement. So what I've realized is that retirement is kind of the like the literal definition is kind of grim. It means to be taken out of service. And and I really believe that instead of retiring from a life and a job that you hate, you get to retire to a new season of life and, and really get to dis discover and explore what your purpose is with that season and what God calls us to do in that season of life. And I think it's a really beautiful time when you can redeem a lot of those moments where you couldn't do things because you were working. Now you have the opportunity to do that. So my whole mission is to help create security, relieve financial anxiety around that. Um, and, and a lot of my clients end up being women because women outlive men. So for, <laughs> for every, you know, <laughs> one 90 year old man I take care of, I have, you know, eight 90 year old women. <laughs> so it's very close to my heart. I don't heart. know if That's I want to live past 90, but... <laughs> No. I can't imagine what the face in the mirror will look like then, but I, but I get your point. <laughs> Everybody says that they're like, oh no, I couldn't imagine living. But that's the reality: is people people are living longer and longer. The the population of centurions is the fastest growing population on planet Earth. So people are just living a lot longer than we expected. And they're outliving their money then that they even planned. So if people don't acknowledge that, I mean, I may not want to. I saw a video the other day that I thought was hilarious. This guy was defining what middle age was. Mm -hmm. And he said the median age that we die at is 76. He goes, so middle age is 38. He goes, so when everybody teases you at 50 for getting a weird card and calling you a middle age, no. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I had my daughter at middle age. <laughs> I think that's a life expectancy counting like, all of life. So that's like, right. you know, infants that pass away, stuff like that. Your life expectancy <laughs> will age with you. So, you know, typically it's going to be, if you get to your sixties, you're really looking at a, a pretty good probability that you're going to live into your eighties. And life expectancy is actually a midpoint, which is interesting. A lot of people think it's an average. It's not. Half of men and women will live to their lower to mid eighties. The other half will live beyond. And so that's why retirement is such a key issue to get a handle on early because exactly what you said, people want to make sure they're not going to run out of money. Right. Or even have any to start with. So we're going to right. discuss my hopelessness or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the Lord has been my provider and especially so after my divorce, but it it's so overwhelming. Um, you know, and social media can be crazy like that. I'm on there because I need to manage like my book coming out in the next year or so and all that good stuff. And I love to put my vacations and whatever on there. But the reality is you see constantly, like I have, I may have this little pile of money and I'm like, okay, what do I do? Do I get an Amazon store? Do I make a coaching class? I mean, there's just so much that just keeps coming through. Then yeah. when it comes to actual like investing, do I, do I get a short-term Airbnb stuff? Do I get midterm? Do I get a flip house? You know, all of that stuff. 
And it ends up with a paralysis of overanalysis to me because yeah. I'm like, do I take what money I have at the risk of not having it? Um, but then if it's not becoming anything, it's like the guy who buried the talent who did nothing with it after it was given to him. So yeah. that's what I, I mean, I, I do have your book. No, stone. you signed it for me. Stay oh. fabulous. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I think that sounds fascinating. I, I, I haven't read the whole thing in regard to like the, the hidden tax stuff, but I'm 60, going to be 61 a week from today or a month from today. Um, and I didn't come out of my divorce with a bunch of retirement. I have started Ross. I've started some other stuff. But like, what would your process be? I walk into your office and here I am. And yeah. this is your specialty retirement. And yeah. I I want people to understand that you are, I love your reputation and your integrity, but I'm not necessarily saying everybody has to do everything that we talk about here, but right. I do believe in you and what you're going to have to say that you care about the people you're saying this to. Absolutely. So what well, would your process you. be? Well, there's two things that I want to touch on, uh, technically three, but um, first of all, I think money is such a key issue. And the reason why I'm out there to eliminate, fi eliminate financial anxiety is because money is one of the major reasons people do get divorced. I, you know, I'm not saying that was your situation, but that is a big issue for a lot of people. I mean, and it was part of it because there was a controlling element, but there was oh, yeah. infidelity. So, well, there's that, that's probably the main reason, but also, yeah, going back to that controlling issue, you know, that is a major problem I see is exactly what you touched on in the beginning, which is sometimes women will hand off the finances to their husband, he'll run everything. And then one day they get a surprise and they're like thrust into this role and they haven't even paid bills in like 30 years. That happens all the time. Hmm. And so I'm really out to try to help, you know, women be proactive. And there's a lot of women that are hands-on. And in fact, um, there's a great book called The Millionaire Next Door that really, I think, proves that women are better man money managers than men. In fact, most uh, millionaires um, women are the ones that run the finances in the house. So, well, you know, I think it's really important to have this conversation when you touched on about social media, I think is very, I've been thinking a lot about this lately because there's so many things trying to grab your attention and it can get exhausting. Like every time you go on there, there's somebody selling a coat, like a coaching program or a course or the next way to invest. And I just think that's so dangerous. I'm really like, starting to create some messaging around being very cautious about these things because so many people want your money to teach you how to make more money. And my whole thing is like, if it's working for you, why aren't you just making the money? Like do the math. I mean, if you really think about it, a lot of these people out there, they've proven that selling knowledge is really one of the best ways to get wealthy. Um, the reality is though, it comes with, from from my experience in buying a lot of different co courses and coaching programs that I've purchased over the years in a noble effort to try to improve, uh, have found that they can be very, um, um, they're not as helpful as you think they're going to be. <laughs> they're very self-serving. So, it's, it's, then you got to get the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And the next you, thing. there's no end to the trail. It's the same with like sub, yeah. some supplements I buy. I, I know what I want. I go in, I get it. And of course, every time you hit make the payment, they're like, oh, wait, Here's another idea. Oh, wait. Here's <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you do the math. You go to these events. They're selling an $8,000 coaching program. There's 100 people in the room. 20% of people buy. You know, this person just made 160 grand in one day. Right. So they're incredibly profitable. And, um, you know, I, I just think that people really need to be cautious about where they're putting their hope because because what they're doing is they're selling it to people who really need that help and they're looking for it. So they think they're doing the right thing. And then they end up 
you know, out even more money. I don't think all high ticket programs are bad, by the way. I just have had a lot of negative experience. So I really want people to be careful when they're online and really just do their due diligence and make sure they know what they're getting into um, and make sure they're willing to commit to it. Because a lot of times what happens is the coaches will put it back on them and say, well, you, you know, it's up to you to make this happen. And and that is true uh, to a degree, but at the same time, um, it's just a matter of making sure that it aligns with what you're really looking for. As far as my process goes, uh, my process is really simple. Um, I took it from an economist named Tom Hegna, who created it like 30 years ago. And it's just always worked for him, for our company, for me, for my clients. Um, I basically just start by, if you were to come into my office, the first meeting is just introductory. All I want to do is just get to know you, understand your priorities, understand if we're in alignment to work together, understand if I can even help. So it's really just a lot of questions and note taking and really learning on my part, listening and and really trying to get an understanding of what you're looking to accomplish and how close you are to getting there and what we need to do to get to the next step. Um, In our second meeting, what we do is we would actually spend time going through some ideas that I've identified that might be helpful, but will require some probably education. So, you know, a lot of times when I sit down with somebody, they're like, okay, here's where I'm at. What can I do? Here's where I want to be. And I go, okay, well, I've identified a few things that could get you there, but I need to spend some time with you to show you how these strategies work and what things we can actually deploy to help make a difference. So our second meeting is really going to be like an educational meeting where I get to share some things. And then in our third meeting, that gives me usually enough time to assemble what I need to put together a path. Um, and, And the path is, the process is the same for everybody. The outcome is always different. So we really look to to do two things in our process. One, create enough lifetime income so you will not run out of money. And number two, remove all the other key retirement risks that could mess up that income. So for example, when people used to retire, you would work for a company for 30 years, they would give you a pension that would protect you and your spouse for the rest of your life, and that was retirement. And and there was no retirement crisis. There was no running out of money. It didn't happen. People got pensions. Then they switched over to the 401k. And when they switched over to the 401k, what companies realized was it was much cheaper to match an employee's contribution than create a guaranteed lifetime income for the rest of that employee and their spouse's life. Because they're outliving it. (laughs) Yeah, because people were living longer, right? Like people, you know, people weren't, you know, uh, we learned about smoking. We learned about, you know, advancements in technology and medicine, food, people were living longer. So when we switched over to the 401k, it put all the responsibility on the retirement saver how much to save, how much to project they're going to need, where to allocate their money in the 401k. Well, 30 years later, guess what? We have a retirement crisis. People are running out of money. It it shouldn't have been that way, but it's pretty obvious looking back in hindsight what happened. And so now you have all these people with these 401ks that are really like struggling. They're going, am I going to be okay? That's the big question they're worried about. Um, And so that's where our process really lends uh, a lot of uh, clarity to those people where we can say, okay, here's how we can make sure you're gonna have the income you need so you're not gonna run out. And here's how we're gonna protect that income. And then once we've covered the bases, that's when I'll encourage clients to say, okay, you know, you wanna try something that's more of a calculated risk, you know, feel free to at that point because you've covered all your bases, you know, but until you've covered all your bases to make sure your retirement's secure, all those other things you mentioned, you know, um, while they can be much better for growth and making money, there's a risk factor there, right? 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 And, and, and time is a big factor 
when measuring risk, because as you mentioned, you get close to retirement, you don't have that same 20, 30 year window to make the mistakes and earn it back. It gets, right. it gets harder and harder. So you have to be more and more careful in where you decide to pursue endeavors to build your wealth. And would you say, I mean, I, you, you know, we've talked here because you deal, tend to deal, if you're talking about retirement, people yeah. in their twenties and thirties, a lot of times think they're invincible. They're yeah. immortal. They don't care if they have health insurance. They don't care if they have good health insurance. Um, they definitely aren't looking at long-term care, you know, stuff and things right. like that. So, but is that something that you would look at, um, the, like say the people who are younger who are listening to this, yeah. um, that there's things they can put in place so that they don't make your job harder by showing up at 60 and divorced and like, okay, now help me. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I mean, for me, I've been pretty fortunate. Like my dad is in retirement for 35 years. So it's kind of like if your dad's a dentist, you're going to like know the benefits of flossing, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, so I, I've been very blessed because of my exposure with my family and what my dad's taught me. But I think there's a lot of things you can do. First of all, um, there's a lot of great books um, that you could start reading that would help to, you know, have a better understanding and relationship with money um, that I think are important. So I think it, it begins with having a healthy conversation in the home about money. You know, sometimes you have spouses that are like on other ends of the spectrum in terms of how they think about money, how they handle money, um, sometimes even keep their finances separate, which... I'm not against, but I think there's pros and cons to both. Sure. Um, so I think it begins with having a healthy conversation um, around money, trying to learn from good sources. Um, you know, I'd be careful of like a lot of stuff online. You can get a lot of like, I mean, I was watching this thing last night of like TikTok reels of like financial, like they call it FinTalk now. And it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like <laughs> so much bad stuff people are pushing um, mm. and scams and just crap. So I think it, it, getting good sources, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is a great book that I, I think that was one of my first financial books that I, I really love. There's a ton um, of great ones. Um, but I think if you don't mind about, sending me maybe a little list that I'll put in the yeah. podcast notes or maybe somewhere I can send them like to your website. And do you kind of recommend books on there? Yeah, on my social media, I'm constantly recommending my favorite books. I'm a pretty avid reader. Um, and there's a there's a lot of great books that people could start reading. I got a bunch of them here that are um that are awesome about, you know, how to save for retirement, how to start doing things that are wise with your money early. Um uh smart couples finish rich, uh David Bach, that's a great one. I mean, there's so many. Um so yeah, I can send you a little list. Um, but I, I got some favorites for sure. Um, but I think it begins with just learning about it, having good conversation, and then really just forming a strategy and sticking to it and being consistent. Um, you know, I think if you glean all the financial wisdom from like the experts, like, you know, Warren Buffett and Ray Dalio and really some of the biggest wealth managers in the world, you know, they just tell people in their twenties and thirties to, you know, basically just consistently always buy into the S and P 500. And, and that's what I do personally. And I'm not sharing that as financial advice to anybody. I just, that's what I've learned. And, you know, for me, I've gleaned from a lot of my clients, being able to see what that looks like when you get to your 50s and 60s, if you can consistently do something, you know, in a disciplined way for 20, 30 years, it's, you know, it's been proven that it works. So I think that's the key is just getting some uh, amount of savings that you're comfortable allocating instantly from your um, income and just being consistent with that for a long period of time. And you'll wake up with, uh, you know, a nest egg uh, when you get to retirement age. And that'll be 
really, really helpful for a lot of people. We took my daughter through um, financial peace when she, I think she was like 12 and she sat here with us. We did the online version and, you know, he tells that story about the 16 year old who started putting a hundred dollars a month away and had, I don't know what it was like 1.3 million when he's a certain age. Yeah. Um, And just from that, nothing additional. And so my daughter has taken that to heart. She works for Amazon and she's in their 401k and they do match at 50 cents on the dollar. And I get it when the market does crazy stuff. Um, but hers has seemed to help hold up, but yeah, she, I tried to instill that in her, that, that tithing, because not out of a grudgingness, but out of how that type of blessing comes back, uh, tenfold and, um, and just, you know, that there's no given, first of all, I had her old that mom's going to be around, (laughs) you know, I, I, I like it if you're right. And I get, if I get 20, 30 more years, that means I could maybe, um, maybe do something. And, and so that would be my next question. Okay. I am 60. I don't have a whole lot. And I think that there's a lot of people out there who are that way, who got here. And it wasn't because I was living paycheck to paycheck. I plowed my life into our family business. I never took a paycheck. We were just paying the bills and what have you. And the divorce just ripped everything in half. And um, so I've been slowly doing some things, but, but like, what is, what is my hope here? You know, like, is there a possibility that, that I can recoup that? And I'm relatively healthy. So I don't know, unless the Lord has a plan that I'm not here much longer. What is, what is the, you know, some of the type of things I know you'd have to really look at my story to tell me details, but no, it's a great question. I'm excited to answer it. Can I just say one more thing that's, that I really feel compelled to share about your previous question before we move on to the next one? I got one more thing I want to add to that. So, oh, sure. so for the 20s and 30 year olds, I just want to make sure I address this. There's two things I have to touch on if it's okay, because you, you've sure. ended up so masterfully. First of all, the reality is 90% of America makes less than $100,000. So regardless of what Instagram and TikTok are showing you, really all of these like get rich quick, amazing returns. And it's really popular in the crypto community right now, which I'm not anti-crypto. I own crypto, but I think it's dangerous what a lot of people are pushing about crypto and NFTs and all this stuff. Like regardless of how people are showing, they're getting massively wealthy really quick. The reality is when you look at the data from the Social Security Administration, that income's not showing up. So, (laughs) you know, there's a lot of fronting and fraud really that's going on online. And so, you know, I think when you look at the really key people who are experts, like the Warren Buffetts, the Alex Ramoses, the people that have really built a lot of wealth over, you know, doing it right, um, I think it's about being consistent and staying steady with whatever your goal is. That's that's important. And the other thing is a lot of these 20 and 30 year olds, one other key thing that I have to speak on is most of America is underinsured. So if you have a spouse and you touched on it, like I might not be around, that's what triggered that for me was. I'm really on a mission to help people get the right amount of life insurance. Like if you can get the right amount of life insurance and the right savings discipline for retirement, most likely, as long as you keep working and stay healthy, you're going to be okay. But making sure you have the right life insurance, the right disability insurance. um, And this stuff is actually a lot cheaper than you think. When you're in your 20s and 30s, it's very, a very inexpensive problem to solve. Like if you DoorDash one time a month, you can afford life insurance, like to make sure your family is actually protected. So the other thing is some people go out and they'll buy like a hundred thousand dollar policy and they think, oh, my family's good. But if you really do the math on how long that hundred grand would last, if you're not there to make income for the next 30 years for your family, it's it's really nothing. So to go out and get the proper amount of coverage is really, really important to secure that family. I just had to mention that for the 20s sure. and 30 year olds. I got, I don't know if you knew this, a couple of years ago, I did get my insurance license. 
when a financial guy I had been working with said he, he knew I wanted, um, Mark was great, but yeah. there's just, I just got nowhere to go there. Yeah. And I am going to lose the money I'm getting from alimony in a couple of years. And so I was like, all right, what do I do with my three-day weekends? I could sell something. I think sales has to be it, even though I'm not a salesperson. Yeah. And so I looked into multiple things, but he made this offer, said he would mentor me and all of this. And, and that kind of didn't come to fruition. And it really ended up not being my space. But yeah. in any case, I did get the understanding, the presentation he would have is that young couples absolutely need it because what will you do if that income goes away? If something catastrophic happens and if COVID taught us nothing, it wasn't a respecter of persons. I mean, yes, some older people with comorbidities went, but a lot of people went who had comorbidities that were in their thirties. Are you ready for that? And, and people do think, oh, a hundred thousand, you know, if they only make 45,000 a year, or that's a couple of years, but they're just not thinking it out. And, um, yeah, I that is one thing I got out of that relationship. I did get a policy that has um, a life insurance that has the living benefit. Does that yeah. sound right? The policy yeah. that has that because you know I'm yeah that's what it's going to have to be for me. I think I'm pretty healthy, but it's going to be something catastrophic probably. <laughs> yeah, and that's smart to add a living benefit. That's what No Stone Left Unturned is really at its core all about is living benefits of of how to make sure you're protecting your retirement with life insurance, and so. Um, yeah, I think, you know, that's also a big part of my mission is to help secure families in our community and make sure that we're taking care of each other. And, you know, it breaks my heart when I see the GoFundMe pages or the car wash funerals. And mm. it's like, that problem is so inexpensive. There just wasn't a good life insurance agent that stepped up and said, Hey, you could, you could protect your family for really, really like less than you think. Right. And, um, and that's important. So I think, and even in, in FPU, like, um, you know, Financial Peace University, they talk about making sure you have the right term insurance uh, right. to go along with your savings strategy so that you're protecting, you know, the, and removing financial risk, right? That financial right. risk is way too high for most people. And if they can eliminate that, I think they'll, they'll be on a good trajectory. So to get back to your question, to provide hope. Um, <laughs> for <they're>, old ladies. <laughs> I'm all about providing hope. I, I'm a huge fan of what you're doing. I think uh, I'm at to interview an author on on our channel um, who talks about um, how um, women, especially women who are divorced, kind of picking up the pieces, starting over, rebuilding and closer, um, you know, getting closer to an age where they want to be thinking about how am I going to be OK for retirement? You know, having um, a great way to earn income is really going to be crucial. And then aligning your mission and your purpose with that. Um, can really alleviate a lot of that feeling of missing out because, you know, instead of the mindset of, hey, I work, now I'm going to be retired, it goes back to what I was saying. What are you retiring to? And if you can still find a way to provide value and, and you can be of service and it's fulfilling, I mean, that's the best feeling in the world. That's what God gives us. He's, he's really a, a great redeemer of time. And I think in this new season of life, if you can go out and um, share your story, help people with that, um, you know, I think that the blessings and, and there's a lot of abundance in that, um, that can come with that process from a fulfillment standpoint and from an income standpoint that you can then save and start to put away for income that you could purchase for your retirement. So, um, to me, I think the hope is exactly really what you're already doing. I mean, you're on the track of, you know, sharing everything and then, you know, being able to build a business around that and, and helping more people. Um, I think that's, you know, there's a lot of hope in what you're, in, in what you're already doing. 
I'm not the kind of person who can retire, like be, like you said, be removed from service, like put, yeah. taken out into the desert and put out of her misery or whatever. Um, yeah. I, I just, I don't sit still very well. I'm right. uh, a seven Enneagram. And so I avoid pain while looking for the most excitement I can get out of stuff. And, you know, I always say I'm fabulous, but that is, that's <laughs> not me being phony. That's, that's my choice. Every morning, yeah. if I don't make that choice, the day will choose for me how it's going to go. And when you work in accounting and you do taxes and you have to tell people that they owe, people just don't want to. <laughs> so it can be a really ugly day if I don't make the choice myself. And I joke that I'm going to have to die before I get to retire monetarily. <laughs> um, but I, I don't, I really don't want that. I do want to do the drill down. I do want to see I mean, I get it. I'm not going to suddenly accumulate millions of dollars. Although if the Lord intends that with my book and with this process, then you, but I do want to know that I'm, you know, that the basic necessities that my house is covered and that, you know, and, and even maybe a, a trip, you know, a couple of times a year or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, that's something we can sit down and, and map out together in a, in a series of meetings, but um, you know, I think that that's, important to touch on is you don't necessarily need millions to retire. You need income. That's what's key is you got to have retirement is all about income and cash flow. So again, even if you don't, you know, have necessarily millions, you can still create a pretty meaningful income um, with the right tools. And so that's one thing that I'm really, you know, passionate about is helping people to realize like, Hey, what is their potential? Can we look at maybe something that's even farther than we were thinking of originally for your potential and seeing what we can do. Um, when it comes to retirement income, there's two levers. You can increase income from assets or you can decrease liabilities. So, you know, monthly obligations. So if you, if you look at those two levers and see where you can make adjustments, I think that's really important to help you get closer to finding out what you need to actually retire. But again, with what you're building right now in this phase of your life, you could be making an impact on people for quite a long time. And I just interviewed a 97 year old client of mine. And he said the number one thing that's the most important for your retirement is to stay active. Mm. By far, the secret to living so long for him has been to stay active, continue to be serving, continue to be giving. And um, and so, you know, I want to do the same thing. It's easy for me to say in my 30s that I want to work, you know, into my 80s or but but I really feel like I am the kind of person that does. Um, you know, I just want to be always giving. I couldn't imagine myself you know, like you said, sitting around watching TV and there's nothing wrong with that. If that's your vision of retirement, that's totally okay. You've earned that. That's fine. Um, but, but, you know, I think you and I have discussed we're the kind of people that want to be out, you know, continuing to grow, um, and, and serve in, in, in a higher level, um, you know, and constantly reaching for our potential. So, you know, I think that if you have that, um, you really don't work a day in your life. And so it, it can be really enjoyable. And we can't redeem our health. I mean, you can do something about it going forward, but you can't get back all the stuff you lost, the money because you were unhealthy or, you know, right. the time with the family. And, and I think personally, one of the best things for me that brings me exponential joy is serving others. And I, and it doesn't need to be a public thing. It yeah. just needs to be, you know, it's a salve for my soul to serve others and, and be helpful wherever I can be and not be sitting still. And I get it. Everybody has their own thing. Maybe they worked a brick and rocks their whole life and they, they want to sit by the pool with an umbrella drink and yeehaw, you know, I, I see value in that too. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. There's some fun. You want to enjoy the ride and have some fun and take breaks. I get it. I'm, you know, we got to recharge our batteries. Yeah. 
So well, yeah, I I have um I get understand the cash flow. Um, I I tease my daughter. I tell her there's two ways to have more money: mm-hmm. spend less and make more. <laughs> and so I am a I'm sort of a Dave Ramsey person. I don't not have credit cards, but I don't have anything on them. And the only real debt I have is my mortgage. Unfortunately, I had to refinance the house when I divorced to um, get his name off or they were going to force me to sell it within six months and um, had a great mortgage guy and was able to do that. But I mean, I've been in this house for 25 years. It should be paid off. And instead, I'm back at a, you know, I don't know where I'm at right now, probably 25 year left. So I tease my daughter, I go, I'm going to die before this gets paid off. So I'm not funneling my money into paying off a mortgage because I love her. But I, and she tells me all the time, she goes, don't leave me money. She goes, I love how you live and you take experiences in life. She goes, I'll go make my own money. And I was like, all right, then. <laughs> that awesome. raising a great daughter. That's incredible. But I do have, you know, a, a very, really good insurance policy and it would take care of the house and then leave her in a position where she wasn't like suddenly strapped with a bunch of issues. But yeah, I, I really, I, I do want to think in terms that until unless the Lord chooses to take me home, if I'm going to have 20 or 30 years, that's plenty of time to put something in place that is an income stream, like you said, and not have, I mean, I get it. You get to tap social security if it's even going to be around and that's an additional stream, but you know, I, I don't know that I feel comfortable relying on that either right now. I feel like I need to take matters into my own hands or put them in your hands. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think what you said there was interesting because going back to the, you know, the millennials, uh, I think there was a survey done. It's like, something crazy, like 70% of them don't feel like social security is going to even be there when they retire. So um, a lot of people aren't counting on social security and it it was never meant to be the sole source of retirement income. Um, But for a lot of people who are close to retirement age, it is a good cornerstone of retirement income. So we we look at social security and we look at how we can get enough income um, on top of social security to meet your basic needs for, to meet your lifestyle and expenses in retirement. And so, yeah, as you, you know, build the business, if you can take profits and get more income um, to make sure you have a baseline, then that'll have that security for you. Because the reality is we can go as long as we can, but one day uh, we won't be able to <laughs> We need right. something to take care of us. So you, you have a good time horizon. I really like your um, your your um, viewpoint on your time horizon, 20, 30 years. That is a lot of time to yeah. build and save for that day. So um I think you're, I think you're in a good spot, um, in terms of your mindset and, um, and I'm here to support and help any way I can. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I have started rearranging my, I used to joke about, you know, like I said, when I found out what midlife really is that I'm two thirds. (laughs) So my glass is two thirds full, (laughs) Nice, Nice. (laughs) but I do have less time in front of me than I probably have behind me because I don't believe I'm going to live to 120, but, um, I do like to make the most out of what I, how much time I do have. And I don't want to have it be a paralysis, um, overthinking or procrastinating or just being overwhelmed. And so I really appreciate, I am a voracious reader and I appreciate the recommendations you've made because there are so much out there and people are so into social media. I just saw today this, the threads thing that everybody's starting. And I'm like, really, we need one more thing 
that makes us antisocial and sit in front of a screen longer. And I get it. My book, my writing coaches may tell me I have to go on it, but whatever. For right now, I'm just like, I am so overwhelmed by all the posting I have to do and all the stuff I have to do that it's keeping me, it's making me focus more on the process than yeah. on the journey. And I don't want to get caught up in, do I have the right mic? You know, it, it, blah. I want to make sure that the connections I'm making on here are bringing value to anybody who would give me more than the two minute click through um, to stick around. So I really appreciate the information you've you've given today. I think there are probably more people even from this segment that would listen and stick around to hear what you had to say. And especially if we can, you know, get some 20 and 30 somethings to realize you're not immortal things can happen and you want to make sure that both of you, if you're a couple or even yourself going forward, like, do you, even if you were a, a single guy and you own a business and what happens to, you know, your family and everybody that has to pick up if you're gone and there's nothing to help take care of that. Yeah. So um, I, I love all of that advice. And I, part of old school's mission is um, a smart man learns from his own mistakes, but a wise man learns from others. So for my final little nugget that I ask everyone to tell me, and I get, you may have a lot because you're well-read and you're doing so well in in what you do, but what is the one thing, regardless if somebody's 20 or 80, that you wish you had known sooner? Start thinking about what you're thinking about. This is from Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I think outside of the Bible um, you know, which I get a lot of wisdom from and scripture and, and for me, my, you know, my pastor, I think, um, Dr. Joe has made one of the biggest impacts in my life. And he, his whole message is to get conscious about what you're thinking about day to day. I truly believe your greatest, one of your greatest assets is your mind and, and, and you, And so, um, you know, I wish I had learned more about the subconscious versus conscious mind earlier. And I try to talk a lot about this with people because I think it plays a lot into what I'm talking about with retirement, even a lot of things we talked about here. But, um, you know, we could have a whole other like series of podcasts about Dr. Joe and, and his works and teachings and a lot of people in that space. But the reality is, and this is just straight from Dr. Joe, you know, you're, you're going to think 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. And most of those thoughts are the same as the day before. And so if you're constantly living in that habit, your your life's just not going to change as much as you want it to. So getting conscious of what your subconscious is telling you. And a lot of this goes back to Michelle, your story, like things that were put in there by other people that are repeating uh, and they're actually showing up in your life. I think that's really the biggest lever that we have control over you know, that God gives us free will on to to choose, like you said, choosing to be fabulous every day, that is a choice, but you have to practice it. And you have to retrain your subconscious mind to become your best friend, not your worst enemy. And if you can get that supercomputer in your mind to start telling you all the things you want to be true in your life, I'm wealthy, I'm healthy, I have great relationships, I love my life, you know, the universe is helping me out. These things start to play back throughout your day. I think you're going to have a much more fulfilling life and you're going to get closer to your goals a lot sooner. That's awesome. I think being intentional and being conscious of stuff. I had a um, an episode that will be coming out shortly that um, with my former trainer, who's also a pastor, really great guy, had some awesome wisdom for me as I was stepping into dating apps and stuff like that. 
but we did this episode and I asked him his nugget. And it was so funny how many people go to our mind and go to our knowledge or wisdom. And, and his um, nugget was given to him by his brother that don't operate on the wisdom you have right now. And it was like mind blowing because it's like, you know, that's why you tap into the wisdom that's around you as well. Operate on the wisdom from those who have gone before, who are, who've, you know, already done that. I mean, we are so, in uh, every generation's done it. All of us in our 20s don't want to hear from anybody else. We're going to, we're going to do work this out ourselves. And certainly trials and hard things shape us and grow us. But I just don't think we have to go through as much crap as we go through if we would humble ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and listen so well i love that i think that's awesome and i and and i um i think people would get uh something to think about <laughs> from your nugget. I think that's good yeah i encourage people to check out dr joe um and has uh, he written books oh yeah yeah. Oh, um, okay. yeah he's written a series of books um there's some some incredible works by dr joe he's got a lot of stuff on youtube um, and, uh, and so, you know, definitely I, I started with YouTube. I think he's got some great videos that are really impactful. Uh, you gotta be careful because people, people will take his message and kind of make it kind of clickbaity where they'll like, be like, you can manifest a million dollars in three months. You know, it's like, you know, you gotta ignore all that. His message is right on though. It's really all about, um, reprogramming your subconscious mind so that things start to align in your life. And, and uh, it's his, his, he's definitely has a message of abundance. And so I try to share his message with as many people as I can, because I think it's really impactful. I want to thank everybody for coming to class today. I want to thank Daniel for being here. Um, if you'd like to connect with him and understand some of his resources, take a look at his channel, his website, any of his connections will be in the show notes. And uh, we totally appreciate if you'd come and take a listen, give us a rating or a review. And if you want to engage, Michelle at michellevrabel.com is my email, or you can make comments on the podcast and they're on multiple platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, and YouTube for the video. So we really have had a great time today. And I thank you for coming to class and class dismissed. Bye.